When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Bryce, when Rob Moody, I'm sure you've heard of Rob Moody. He's on Twitter and he's um, been the one that's been posting all those sumptuous cricket videos. Ian Bell's cover drive was never far away, speaking of elegant and aesthetically pleasing. Now, Bell made 22 tonnes in 118 tests across a career that spanned 11 years. And since his retirement a couple of years ago, he's turned his hand to coaching at a variety of levels, it must be said, including under Brendan McCullum at New Zealand against England, mind you, as well. And he's just landed in Australia, ready to take the reins as David Saker's senior assistant at the Melbourne Renegades. And he joins us now. Ian, welcome to Sports Day. Evening, guys. How are we doing? Very good, mate. Very good. Uh, who's your number one most elegant or aesthetically pleasing left-hander you've played with or against or seen? Oh, I think you, you nailed it there with obviously David Gower. I mean, talking to lefties at the moment, and Travis Head's pretty good at the moment. Probably not as elegant as Gower, but he's at the top of his game at the moment, that's for sure. Hey, Belly, if you better left hand, I would love your cover drive. It's <laughs> right up there. I'm going to go to right handers soon. <laughs> how did you? Yeah, right. How did you go about? I guess you know we're talking about elegance and that sort of stuff. Was that an important part to your development in terms of technique and and not overhitting the ball and and being about it that way? How, how did it come for you? Yeah, I guess so. I guess the game was that way. You know, obviously growing up, there was no real T20. There was none of the ramping and reversing and all that stuff. And, and, and power hitting as such, it was all about, you know, having good technique and, and trying to bat time. And um, it wasn't something I set out to do as, as such. It just sort of happened quite naturally. But, um, yeah, I worked hard, you know, going through the, you know, the ranks at Warwickshire, you know, on my technique. And, um, yeah, it's quite nice to, I suppose... When people do talk about you as a nice aesthetic player, it's uh, yeah, it's quite a nice thing to have. I think just a batter, English batters with the pads um, below their laces, st- slight trigger, step forward, hit and stand, and they watch it. It's just a, it's beautifully curated, Ian. And I mean, I can't speak highly enough of that. I'd sort of wish you were a left-hander; you would have been br- very high up on Bryce's list. <laughs> but we are here to talk about coaching and the Melbourne Renegades because um, you've taken up a role with them. I think you were the Hobart Hurricanes last summer. You've been all across the world. I guess, chasing this coaching dream? Is it something you want to pursue and one day maybe maybe even coach uh, England or another international team? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I think when you, um, you know, you finish the game, it, you know, retirement's a pretty bad word, really. You're transitioning to something else. And obviously some guys go into the media. You know, for me, it was always about like, coaching. It's something I loved. And I don't know whether it's just the players or the people that I sort of got on with went into sort of gravitated to coaching. Um you know, and as you said, I mean, yeah, it's not just about probably coaching England. It's going all over. I think, you know, I try and look for experience opportunities all over the place. You know, I was with New Zealand leading into the World Cup and all their preparation, which was great. So when they beat England first game, it was a bit of a strange feeling. But, um, you know, I was pleased for those guys in terms of all the prep we did. Um, yeah, and as you said, you know, working with David Sager, who I know well. And, and I've, you know, I've played in the Big Bash uh, for the Scorchers. And I have coached with the Hobart Hurricanes, but it's great to be in Melbourne. 
uh, this summer and, and working with the guys, um, you know, this season. So did it just come about the Renegades role through David Saker and, and him calling you in to support that group? No, I'd like to say it was, but no, it wasn't. I think uh, it came via a different route. Certainly, uh, I think um, through a few other people in um, in Victoria, and I think uh, Sexy sort of gave it the green light, but it certainly didn't come through David straight away. I don't think. I might be wrong, but um, yeah, it was through a few different other avenues and obviously spoke to a few people first before I spoke to Sexy. And um, yeah, like I said, any time the opportunity to come on and come and work in Australia, and I've got a, you know, a, a big fan of Australian cricket. You know, obviously we've had a lot of challenges as a, you know, English-Australia, there's a big rivalry, but, you know, I've got a lot of respect for Australian cricket. Um, you know, some good players. It's a great place to learn your game. Uh, and I think the same thing when you're a coach, to come over and, like I said, get yourself in these environments. Um, you know, Australia have just won the World Cup, so what a, there's no better place in the world at the moment to come and be part of cricket when, like I said, Australia have just won the World Cup. What can you expect from, uh, I guess, the, the Renegades? You know, what does the schedule look like for you getting over here and getting cracking into it? Because it's not that far away. And how long do you get to work with these guys? And in tournament play, it happens so quick. Is there a lot you can evolve and develop with, with batsmen around the T20 game? Well, as you say, I think it's the modern way now, isn't it? The, the players in particular are, are used to flying in getting into comps and flying out, you know, it's just, it's, it's the way it's, it's, it's gone a bit crazy now. So it, it's, it's amazing. You know, we're going to have guys who have come from the World Cup. We've got guys who haven't played as much cricket as well. And so they're all at different stages. So I think there's a bit of individual management with that. You know, I think there is a nice blend in the squad of some, of some nice young players, but also some real senior guys who've got that experience is what you need to, to win a comp. So, yeah, hopefully the, all the, the blend is there to do it. Um, we just need to get into it. There's some top teams in there. You only have to look down the list of the, the other sides. You know, it's, um, it's a good standard and um, we're going to have to hit the ground running, get the guys together and, um, and hopefully, like I said, um, play the kind of cricket that uh, they're capable of and, and have a lot of fun doing it. Belly, you're 41. Sean Marsh is 40. He's playing for the Renegades. Aaron Finch isn't that old, but he's, he's closer to the end than the beginning. It's quite an old top order, um, but there's also some young players as well, like Jake Fraser-McGurk. Who are you most excited to work with? Uh, well, I just saw, like you said there, Fraser-McGurk won. I think he was 80 not out when I last saw. He might be. Hopefully he's got a few more. Yeah, he got uh, a ton, yep. Yeah, so again, another good top young player. I actually saw him at the Under-19 World Cup about three, four years ago, uh, Mackenzie Harvey. Yeah, there's a few guys there that I know they've had opportunity in the Big Bash. Um, but it's time for them to really keep kicking on, isn't it? Moving, like you said, you know, I, I, won, uh, I played with Soft, um, uh, Sean Marsh at, at Scorchers when we won it, so that'll be good to see him again. But um, look, there's no doubt that you know, senior players, are, and especially when you talk about Finch and Marsh, have been top, top players for such a long time, but now you want some young players to, to come on as well. And, and the thought that we were going to have in the side, you know, uh, Quinton de Kock, um, when he arrived, obviously Zampa, these two team in the tournament and the World Cup, so... There's a nice blend there, like you said, of the real experienced guys, guys who have been the top of their game at the moment in the World Cup, and then these younger guys. So, um, yeah, hopefully, like, as I said, we can, it can gel quite quickly, and, um, you know, it's an exciting time ahead. Belly, you're certainly exciting, uh, painting a very exciting picture for the red side of, of Melbourne, and uh, I'm sure you've been made well aware of the, the green and red rivalry mm. locally um, and how important it is for, for to get the, the upper hand on either side. Um, what I'm interested in is just what you learnt out of playing with the Scorchers and T20 cricket and how it's played in Australia. Is it different to how it is at the international level? Is it different to how it's played in England where you played a lot of it? Um, and how is it, or maybe not different? 
I think I think the basics are all, all all the same. I think the beauty I think of the big bash is the venues you go to. They're all different, you know. Playing over in Perth to, to playing in Hobart, the dimensions of the ground. That's the one thing we probably don't have as much in England. You know, the the, the, the grounds now. I mean, the guy the way the guys hit the ball. You know, they're not particularly big venues anymore. The surfaces can change, but a lot. I love the fact that you go to the MCG one week with massive square boundaries. And you can go to marble and it's completely opposite, you know, short, square, long, straight. So you have to adapt. You have to adapt to the surfaces, um, which is, I think, a great thing in a big bash. And I think when you're a player, it takes a little bit of adjustment. The standard is high. Um, and like I said, you're adjusting to the kind of tactics that the guys, you don't get that other places in the world. Obviously, you can go to India and generally white ball cricket is played on pretty flat pitches on small grounds. The guys know they've got that, the power in the you know, in the, in the tank to clear the ropes at will. So you've got to be smart when you play here as well as use the, use the power. We get the 100 on TV over here and it's on every night, really, because the time zone is quite good yeah, when, yeah. when they're playing um, in England. And I understand it's been massive, for, especially for the women's game. But does it have a future in the men's game? Is it going to be around in 10 or 15 years' time? Uh, look, I think the takeaway, the format, uh, it's been, I think I've really enjoyed it. You know, it's um, a franchise kind of version has been what we've needed in England. Um, I think, as you just said, the, the women's game in particular, we play obviously the double headers. So the grounds have been packed. That, that has really elevated the game, the standards getting better and better every year, which is awesome to see. Um, and, and actually, you know, I'm talking from a, being, a, being a parent, so I've got my two kids, a daughter and a son, you know, they love coming to both games. So that's, that's been growing and the, the kind of, I suppose, the attraction for families to go to cricket has been brilliant for, for what's happened in English cricket. Um, but yeah, look, it's played very similar to a T20 takeaway, like the rules, but it's, it's exactly what we've needed in that country. Do you know what I mean? Just the, the kind yeah. of excitement mm. people have turning up, kids are there and, and it's got a, a bit of a, like I said, giving cricket a bit of a shot in the arm in terms of just really getting that excitement for the next generation, which was perfect. And, and hopefully, like I said, and again, just winning the World Cup now for Australia should be a great summer ahead for cricket. A lot of kids excited about playing and emulating what the guys have just done now. Uh, Valley, the, uh, the Ashes was a terrific series. And then over the World Cup, um, what happened to England's chances? Because it was really underwhelming. Um, Don't act so disappointed, Bryce. Yeah, well, <laughs> Matthew Mott's a coach, so I, I <laughs> yeah, do want him coach, to yeah. succeed, not necessarily uh, England too much. But uh, look, what happened? Um, give us a bit of an insight as to where it sort of fell apart. Uh, it's a good question. There's been a lot of talk about it at home, really. As I said, uh, I, I have a New Zealand cap on for a lot of that one, so I, I was enjoying the first game in a strange way. But... Um, Look, yeah, it's different. I mean, there's no doubt, again, um, we've been so lucky in the last few years. Our, our white ball side in particular have been, you, you know, incredible. The talent we have, um, you know, in, in depth is, is huge there. It just didn't happen. You know, the likes of Josh Butler, who's one of the best in the world, just didn't get going. Um, I think the likes of Joffrey Archer not being fit again, and that's been a, you know, since that last World Cup, you know, that's yeah. been a bit of a problem. You know, I think he was underrated how he did in that World Cup. He makes the likes of Wood and Rashid and Wokes better because, you know, he could bowl all phases of the game. So I think that was a big loss. Um, you know, and yeah, the, the guys just didn't fire. Not because they're not good enough. It just it just didn't happen. Um, you know, and you can make excuses. And, and I, I certainly think they wouldn't do that. You know, I know there's a lot of talk about after the Ashes. Australia proved that you can exactly do that. And they had the World Test Championship before as well. So I don't buy that as an excuse. Uh, they just didn't perform. And, you know, as you said, with Mossy there, I, I believe he's the right man as well. And I think the, he deserves the opportunity now because there's a T20 World Cup not far away as well. But it deserves the opportunity to probably have a look at this now, draw a line probably after a few of the players and, and have his put his stamp now on the 50-over team over the next few years leading into the next World Cup.
We do love Australian coaches dominating overseas. Ange Postacoglu's won, although the last couple of weeks haven't yeah. been as good. And we do like Matthew Mott doing well, just not too well because yeah. he is coaching England, of course, and white ball cricket. We think he'll be successful, maybe just a matter of time. Ian, really appreciate your time. The Renegades' first game is on December 8 at the SCG against the Sydney Sixers. And uh, we look forward to seeing your work across the globe from a coaching perspective in the years to come. Brilliant. Cheers, guys. Thanks very much.